Hey guys, I'm Lorena and thanks for checking out this message today. We're so glad that you're here and we want to connect with you and your family. So please text River Connect to 97000 and you can also um, visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and all the upcoming events we have. And lastly, if you want to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321 or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Uh, thanks again for joining us, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. I get really uh, introspective towards the end of the year, and I, I don't mean to make myself more intelligent than what I'm trying to make myself, but I, I generally do, I try to think. I, I, I try to reflect. Like For me, I don't know where you're at. For whatever reason, I think like after Christmas, it's just the new year, so like that, that six-day block is like really, really weird. So like there is no December 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th. You just start in the new year. So for whatever reason, the, the, that free couple of days is always nice. It's a nice slowdown. It's a nice time where I can actually like stop being busy, but I start kind of thinking about, oh, what was the last couple of years? And I think I said this a couple of days or last week. Or I talk about the wins. I talk about the low lights. Like, what are opportunities that I missed? What are opportunities I should have taken? Who are some conversations that I had that were good? Or ones that I missed out on? And again, I, I don't get like full of guilt. But I just, what do I need to focus on? What do I need to do for next year? But one of the things I always try to do is I try to find like what scripture verse kind of summed up my year. And, and I know, like, again, for how much there is in the Bible, there, there, there's a bunch. But what verse do I seem to have, like, I, I went back to, I went back to, I went back to. This was kind of like the sum of the year. So a couple years ago, it was like, again, I, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Uh, a few years ago, many are the plans of a man's heart, but God directs a step. So, like, I, I, I try to find those. For me this year, it would be found in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So just this idea of like expectation gaps. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I kind of looked at this idea like, again, expectation gaps are, are capable of hurting ourselves. They're capable about hurting our relationships. And again, this is both like vertically, and again, you guys all know that I'm horizontal, vertical. So expectation gap of how you think God's going to show up in your life, and he doesn't. You have this expectation gap that this is going to work out in your way or this is how it was going to work out or financially or, hey, God, why? Because nobody over the last 364 days said, why, God? Just me. But we have these moments where hope deferred. I hoped that this was going to end differently and it can hurt our relationship with the Lord. But also think about that, 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 that horizontal thing. You hoped that your husband was going to clean the garage. You hoped that you were going to get a date night with your wife and she was actually going to be okay with putting the babies aside and actually focusing on you for a little bit. You hoped the Lions were going to win last night. Like All these things that happen, like the, some are silly, some are big, but we have these moments where hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I, I saw the reality of that a lot this year. And for me, like what I was trying to do is I, I, I tried to be honest and I don't know if you've ever, like, tried to be honest and, like, you, you spoke truth, but then you made a bigger mess out of it because you didn't say it kindly or lovingly. Yeah, that, that's me all the time. But I, I try to make sure that people don't expect something out of me. So I just say no. Why are you so distant? Well, that's not good either. But I saw this play out, and I tried to live this because, again, to look at that, like, again, hope deferred in this last part makes a heart sick. And for us, let's be honest, like, we can all be in this thinking sometimes. 
we're sometimes we're the ones who put expectations onto something, and then it falls through. And in the same way, on the other side of the spectrum, sometimes someone can put an expectation on us, and we're not able to accomplish it, and that falls through. But this idea of expectations, though, and to kind of go with the whole theme of expecting, I, I, I kind of got pulled to that for this last thing. So I wrote in my notes, expectations, when expectations are high and they don't land where we hope they would, our hearts can get very, very sick. And I think that there's a moment through the year that you can say that you put your hope in something and it didn't land in the way that you wanted it to. You had an expectation for that promotion. An expectation where, again, last year this is where my marriage was and this is where I thought my marriage was going to be in 2023, at the end of 2023, going into 2024. It wasn't where it was. This is where I thought financially I would be. Do we want to talk about the New Year's resolution you started last year and you bought your bike, you bought your Peloton and your treadmill and you're going to drink all the water and now your bike is just like holding clothes up? We all have these. But for us to look at like what can happen when we have an expectation gap not met, our hearts become sick. And when our hearts become sick, what happens? Our, our responses become short. Our attitudes become sour. And our ability to hope again diminishes. So did you put your expectation in a person this year and they let you down? It's hard to hope that they're going to be able to like help you out this year. Have you ever put your expectation in somebody and again... The expectation didn't land, the hope didn't land, and then the way you talk to them, the way you look at them, for us, we live here. Heard a quote where it's like, cynics are just wounded former optimists. Because at one point you know you hoped for something, but you got hurt. You put your expectation, you put your hope in something, and it didn't land, and you got hurt, and I'll never do it again. It's the five-year-old kid who has the one bad experience with a dentist. And like, I'm never going back there ever again. It's like, you will if you want teeth. You will if you want to make sure that you don't have cavities. But for us, sometimes when our expectations turn around and hurt us, because we put our hope in something, and it gets deferred, it can make our hearts sick. And while I was reading through the Isaiah this last week, uh, we've been kind of in Isaiah chapter uh, 9, verse 6. But to read that, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then the next verse, we haven't really landed much on verse 7, but verse 7 says, of the increase of his government, so we're on the same idea, this idea of, again, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and then of an increase of his government, and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So we're talking about the Messiah. We're talking about all things incarnate deity. We're talking about all things about Jesus. You see this last bit of detail about what the Messiah, what Jesus was going to do. And it says his government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, one of the things when we look at government... We really got to understand what this is talking about. Because if we start going government, electoral system, we start doing judicial system, we start doing like the Supreme, it's not really what they're talking about. What they're talking about is the rule of somebody. 
So Jesus is, again, his government. That means his rule. And his rule, we see, is his rule will be peaceful. His rule will be unceasing. And of his rule, it's going to be on the throne of David. And this last one, the way that Jesus is going to rule is going to be with justice, righteousness, and eternally, forever. So this is what the Messiah was meant to be. But for us, now this is where a very, very crucial understanding has to come when it comes to Jesus. So a couple weeks ago, and we're going to start Growth Communities Up Wednesday, so here's a little bit of your free commercial. If you've got nothing going on at 6.30 on Wednesday, we'd love to have you. Sometimes we stay on topic. Most of the time we don't because I'm leading the Bible study, uh, but we would love to have you. But there's somebody who asked me a question uh, two weeks ago, and she asked a question very simple. She's like, how is it that Jewish leadership rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And she's like, there's so much in the Bible that shows this and this and this. How come when Jesus was born, people were like, no, that's not him. And I'm like, we don't have time to answer that entire question. I was like, so I gave like the quick answers. But to look at this, when the Messiah came, we read it and we're going to be like, oh yeah, it's clearly Jesus. But in Jesus' time, when Jesus came, he was born, he came... People looked at him and they're like, no, that, that's not actually it. So this is a very, very crucial verse that has to do with the rejection of the Messiah. So, again, amazing question. The idea of, like, again, the Pharisees and Sadducees would go up to Jesus. They would start trying to battle him with scripture. Like, tell us what the greatest commandment is. Or what do you do here? Why can you eat this? Fun thing, Jesus never lost any of those arguments. But this is a very, very crucial understanding of to understand who Christ is. So, and at the core of this, especially with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I think is this Proverbs verse. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So why did the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jesus' time reject Jesus as the Messiah? Because when they looked at his rule, his peace, uh, the unceasingness, it was going to be on the throne of David, it was going to be justice, righteousness forevermore, the Pharisees and the Sadducees saw Jesus as he was going to come and establish a physical, earthly throne. He was going to show up and he was going to set up this, this idea of, again, the throne of David. Israel is going to be the center of the world. Like, Rome is going to be no more. We're not going to listen to the Romans. Like, Jesus is here. He's going to rule us as king because that's what we asked for way back in Judges. And this is what's going to happen. So the Pharisees, Sadducees, when they look at Jesus and they look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, they're like, that's not what Jesus did. So what do they do? They reject him. So for them, again, the Messiah would come and rule. The Messiah would obliterate the Romans. The Messiah would would oversee all the world and have peace. But ultimately, he was going to rule perfectly. And for this idea, though, as what the Messiah was supposed to be, when Jesus actually came and he was born to lowly parents, to a carpenter's son, to an in-between 13 to 15-year-old girl, that hope that they had for the Messiah didn't fit their narrative. Their expectation, how, how in the world is the Messiah going to come and be born out of Galilee, out of Nazareth, because nothing good comes out of Nazareth? The idea that the first people that would actually come and declare that the Lord was born were a bunch of lowly, dirty shepherds who were put on the outskirts of town because they were physically dirty. That's not our Messiah. Our Messiah is going to come in glory. Our Messiah is going to be strong. Our Messiah is going to be a ruler. Our Messiah is going to be just. He's going to be strong enough to take out the Romans. But you're born to Mary and Joseph? 
the first people to talk to you are, 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 are shepherds? And then some of the people who first were able to lay down their gifts and their treasures and worship Jesus fully were pagan astrologers? Oh, that's not our Messiah. That's not Isaiah 9. That's not what he's talking about. So for the Pharisees and the Sadducees at Jesus' time, hope deferred makes a heart sick. What they expected Jesus to be in his rule was not what he was. Because their expectations eclipsed reality. And if you ever live there, this is how it's going to be. And there's only one way this is going to work out. And the way it's going to work out is going to be my way. That's what the Pharisees were. That's what the Sadducees are. And what do you see happen? Hope deferred makes a heart sick. Jewish leadership rejected the Messiah. They rejected the rule of Christ. They rejected Jesus as Lord. And what happens to them? They become sick. They question him. They try to trap him. They try to corner him. Only only a sick heart could ever crucify a sinless man. Not only crucify a sinless man, let a terrorist go in his place. But when you look at the Pharisees, their expectation for what God's rule was going to be did not meet their hope. Their hope was this is what's going to happen. This is how God's going to rule. This is God's throne, and this is what has to happen. And heavens forbid anything ever happens not to our plan, not to our reality. And I sat on this for a while. Because as much as it's really, really easy to look at the Pharisees and Sadducees when you read the Bible and be like, oh, they're fools. How could they not see it? Dude, Isaiah 9 is clearly Jesus. The same sin that plagues the hearts of the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the people of Jesus' time is the same sin that dwells in mine. It might manifest different. It might look different. I mean, we got technology. We got smartphones. We got information. Sure. But all that does is amplify and reveal. For the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their expectation that this is how God was going to rule. That was it. That was their only way. This is how God has to rule. Have you ever put yourself in a spot like that? You start looking at God and you be like, this is how you have to come. This is how you have to rule. This is how you have to show up. This is how you have to show up for me to know that you are good. This is how you have to show up for me to know that you're just. This is how you have to show up in my family and my health for me to know that you actually care about me. We all do that. Because we all have that expectation that God is going to show up just how we want to. But for the Jewish culture in Jesus' time, They had an expectation, a hope of how the Messiah would rule. And when the Messiah didn't rule in the way that they had hoped, not only did they reject Jesus, they led a crusade to denounce Jesus' lordship and rule. And I would love to say that that's them. That's their heart. The reality is I had to come to the realization that I do the same thing. Because when God doesn't show up in the way that I want him to, I lead a crusade to reject his rule, his leadership, and his love. Uh, The great business thinker Ryan Howard once said, lead me when I'm in the mood to be led. 
And man, do we love living our relationship with Jesus in that way. I accept your rule when I'm willing to. I'll follow you when I want to. I'm in for accepting you as Savior and Lord and you are king over my life when I'm in the mood for it, when I'm ready to be led. But for us, if we look at this idea again, that is Jesus, is he truly ruler and king? Now to make sure we teach what Isaiah uh, chapter 9 verse 7, we don't see Jesus' complete rule, his peace, his unceasing throne of David, the fact that he's going to rule with justice and righteousness forever. We don't ultimately see that until the millennium. And if you guys want to throw it back to the Revelation series we just got going, done going through, Jesus sets up his earthly reign during the millennium. That, that's like King Jesus comes and then right after the millennium we get to go to heaven. That's when Jesus gets it completely But that's not to say that Jesus didn't set up his kingdom now. Because Christ's rule is here and was fulfilled the moment that Jesus died on a cross. And if you want to see, how do I see that God's kingdom is here? When somebody professes him as king and Lord, and you see a radical change in their life. To look at, again, Jesus isn't just like, hey, I'm going to rule in the future. Jesus is in the, the here and now. So the expectation that Jesus' rule is here and he rules justly, he rules infinitely, he, he's here. The, the, the kingdom of God is at hand. What is the message behind that? Repent and believe. Have you ever noticed how much a person's life changes when they genuinely repent and they genuinely believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for their sins? You see somebody who's been struggling with addiction for years turn around and become clean. That's not because of a good program. That's because that their heart changed. When you see a marriage get transformed from the inside out because they repent and they believe that Jesus Christ can heal them and help them, that's showing that Jesus' rule is there. When you see a church go from nothing to something and you see people repent of their sins and you start seeing them worship the Lord and a room gets filled, that's because the kingdom of God is here. His rule is at hand. And for us, we can look at a thousand amazing things that God does in our lives. But then let's go really, really personal. How do you respond to the throne of Jesus Christ in your life? For us, I think we live by that. I want to be led when I want to. I'll accept his rule when it works for my schedule. I'll accept Jesus' rule when it benefits me. I'll accept Jesus' rule when it doesn't cause me to change that much. I'll accept the rule of Jesus when, again, he puts me at like 1.5. I'll acknowledge Jesus being at number one. But man, am I right there next to him. Is that really accepting a rule? I will accept the rule of Christ when he makes me feel good. I think so often, That sin that plagued the Pharisees and the Sadducees' heart, that hope deferred. Sometimes for us, we really, really hope that Jesus shows up in this way. This is how I expect you to show up. The reality is we already know that Jesus already showed up. He was born in the manger. The the shepherds worship and the wise men laid down their gifts. But we got to come to a reality that, again, who knows better? Who rules? Is it King Jesus or is it you? 
And I think so often in life, that hope deferred makes a heart sick. Because what happens so often is, again, Jesus' Messiah's rule isn't the what you hoped for. It didn't show up in the way that you wanted. And how's your heart after that? Now, I've been in a spot where I've prayed the big prayers. I've been in a spot where I've I, I prayed for miracles. I've prayed for the Lord to show up. I, I, I've, I've begged and I've pleaded for the Lord to heal this or fix this and all those things. I've sat there. But the hardest truth that I've had to come to the realization to when you get to this idea of like, it didn't happen the way I had hoped for, Lord. I had to get to a point where I realized, do I, do I desire my way? Or do I desire his way? Because I'm looking at his throne, if I'm looking at his rule, if I'm looking at the fact that he is Lord Almighty, he has set up his rule, his government goes on forever. If I, if I have this expectation that God Almighty, Jesus Christ, is king of my life, I can empty my heart to him. I can plead as much as I can. But to come to the realization that do I desire my way? Do I desire his way? Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is my desire to find hope because of Christ's rule in my life? Or is my desire to have hope because it's my life? And I sat on this this week. And I looked at this idea of, again, if I truly respect him as king, if I look at him as Lord, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Do I hope to have God truly rule my life? Whether it benefits me, whether it helps me, whether it brings money to my bank account, if it makes my kids listen, if it fixes my marriage. Like Again, those are great things to pray for. But what if the only thing I'm hoping for is to know God more? And I understand that he loves me so much that he died on a cross for me. What if that's the only benefit I get? Then the thing that I've hoped for is a good thing. And as we wrap up 2023, I ask you, is your hope for Christ? Because to look at this, a hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I love this last part, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. What if our desire was truly just to know God more? Not to know his gifts, not to know his plus ones, not to, I get a benefit out of this. What if it's just genuinely to know him? To be able to know him by those thousand names that we just were singing about. And again, I know that, I desire that, I feel that. Like, I know you so well that I can still look at you as Lord, as Savior, as King, as friend. But so often, again, our, our hope, again, the hope deferred, because, again, all we want out of God is his gifts, his plus ones, his benefits. What is in it for me? But do we truly have a desire? But our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Is that our desire? Yeah, it's not a bad thing to pray for stuff. It's not a bad thing to ask God to intervene. It's not a bad thing to ask God to get a hold of your finances. It's not a bad thing to ask for help. Those are not bad things. But our desire, 
the desire that I get, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The desire that brings life is a desire to know Christ more. Is that your desire wrapping 2023? Is your desire Jesus? Or is it stuck on the, again, hope deferred? Is your desire to truly, fully acknowledge God as the ruling king of your life? who loves you so much. He protects you and guides you. And if you call out to his name, he will send a helper to help you. Is that your desire? Because if our desire is just hope deferred, makes a heart sick. We just keep hoping for Jesus to show up in this way and show up in that way and show up in that way. When it doesn't happen, we start getting into a place of lunacy where we start saying, well, Jesus isn't Lord. Jesus isn't king. And I'll give you a heads up. I don't know if you've ever gone down that path, but I guarantee that don't, that don't lead you to any place good. But for us today, maybe you're here and you're thinking, but, but, but my heart's already sick, Ryan. Ryan, I've hoped for God to show up in too many areas of my life, and he's cut me down. He hasn't shown up in the way that I wanted, and I keep praying for this, that, or the other thing, and it just doesn't happen. And honestly, I can see how my heart is sick. And the beautiful thing is, we worship a God who is a great physician. And even if your heart is sick, you can take that sick heart back to Him and say, "Let my desire be You. Let that desire be." for me to ask for forgiveness. Let that desire to be, again, repent and believe. Let that desire to be to let's do this right this time. So if you're here and you're thinking, like, it's, it's already too late for me. No, it's not. You could have put your hope in so many things and they didn't show up. And again, you're just at a spot like God's not real. He's not here. He's not going to show up for me. He forgot about me. Your heart's not that sick. You're not that too far from God. But if you're here, Where's your desire to find hope from? Because so often, and I look at this, we we put hope in the things that don't matter. We put hope into different areas. We put hope into finances. God, if you just do this one thing, that'll fix it all. Instead of just putting that hope into the one thing that does fix it all, which is him himself. So as we wrap up 2023, we're moving into 2024. I pray to God that you put your hope trust your faith in your life in the king's hands because his rule is eternal it's just it's full of his righteousness and it's in a spot where we all can access it because when Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins and he rose again three days later he didn't just do that for the elect or the, the selected he didn't just do that for the, the people who are special he didn't just do that for the religious he did that for everybody so wherever you're at in life Whatever you're doing, again, worshiping and expecting, I pray to God today is the day that you just desire the Lord and you put your hope 